0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Three. We're answering start slash sit questions on Roto Viz Radio. What's
2: up, Roto Viz?
1: Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. I it occurred to me, Curtis, after I said start slash sit, that might have been an odd way to phrase it. But you know what? We're just gonna go with it. Playoffs are here in a lot of leagues. Looks like you have a festive drink uh in a cup in front of you. Thursday night football's on. Let's get after it.
3: Sounds great, man. And uh uh, tonight I am sipping on Russell's Reserve, and no, I'm not talking about DK Metcalf. Uh, <laughs> Russell's Reserve single barrel, uh, harder to find. Um, the Russell's Reserve 10 year that's out there on shelves everywhere is, I think, underrated. Single barrels very difficult to find, um, but it's 110 proof. Wow! And you know, I like my high octane <laughs> bourbons. This this sip goes out uh, to all the listeners. Uh, who are not playing in the playoffs. And then the second sip goes to all of us chasing those titles.
1: All right. So we're going to be answering some start sit questions here. Um, Hopefully helping some people navigate hard decisions in the playoffs. Curtis, the first matchup that we have is Clyde Edwards, Alaire versus AJ Dillon. Now, the first place that I go in a particular week when I'm considering players that I'm choosing between is to the weekly GLSP tool. I find the tab that relates to the position and then pull up a quick comparison that's going to show me in a graph, and like in, in a bar graph, the percentage of the matches for each of these guys in the GLSP that scored in different buckets. And that makes it an easy way to see which player looks to have more upside? Which player looks to be the safer option? Dylan and Alaire Edwards Alaire, I should say, stack up pretty evenly this week. Um, like in the middle of their distribution between ten to fifteen points, there's the slight edge for Ceh. Once you get to those games over twenty five points, slight edge for AJ Dylan, an average. Uh, projection, though, for CEH of 11.8, you have AJ Dillon at 13.6. Now, obviously, we have seen Dylan's numbers as of late rise up thanks to Aaron Jones being unavailable in some games. But I do think it's noteworthy that um, week 10, he had 10.2 expected points, or excuse me, week 9, 10.2 expected points, week 10, 20.2. Week 11, 15.9. And then last week actually had 21.1. Uh, so that is a pretty good total uh, to have there. If we turn our attention over in Clyde's direction, we'll see that um, week 13, he had just 11.7. Week 13, he had 11.4. So his expected points have been around uh, what the GLSP sees as, as an average projection. Um, I guess before we try to opine on this, there's a couple of other tools that we would look in. Where might you head next in, in trying to make this decision?
3: Yeah, I think weekly GLSP is a great uh, place to go um, to give us, you know, a large a large sample, understand the distribution um, of potential outcomes. I I start I I actually start my uh, research in the NFL stat explorer on the matchup analysis tab Um, that's where I first go for my head to heads the GLSP um, I really like um, if I have more players to choose from but I really like um, looking um, I guess maybe instead of trusting the tools to do some of the work I I like looking at all the visual analysis myself and I, I just think that our matchup analysis dashboard it's one of the prettiest pages on our site Um, There's so much there. You've got the strength of schedule. You've got all of your Vegas information and your player performances in similar games um, based off of uh, game total and point spread. But then the section that I really like is towards the bottom. You can see the last five games by the position at the opposing defense and the top five individual scores in those five games against the opposing defense and then the full box score uh, for that given position. In those five games. So it's just a wealth of information that really helps illustrate what types of players were doing what against um the opposition. And you know, Clyde Edwards Eulaire has a great matchup um against the Raiders this week. Now, you've been, you know, splitting the snaps with Daryl Williams, but dominating touches. And uh, you know, I, I think the hard part with this one is Daryl Williams actually personally dominated the Raiders uh just four weeks ago um when these teams faced off Williams had 11 carries 43 yards 101 receiving yards on nine (laughs) receptions and a touchdown now of course CH was not available in that contest so you know who knows what would have happened if if he had been the player but you know during this time frame we saw Devontae Booker uh rush for 99 yards and uh have 23 receiving yards, no touchdowns, but still puts up 15.2 PPR. That feels like the they're the uh, floor for any of the alpha backs going against the Raiders right now. Mixon absolutely crushed them for 24 PPR with a pair of rushing touchdowns. Zeke and Pollard both had um, solid games. Um, Zeke still got there with 25 rushing yards because he's, he scored a rushing touchdown and caught six balls. And then Gibson, uh, 23 carries for 88 yards, five receptions, 23 receiving yards and a touchdown. This is just, this is a, a fantasy uh, defense to target for running backs right now. And, you know, they're, they're allowing the fourth most PPR to opposing running backs over the past five weeks. Um, I, I think if you have CH, you got to start him. Um, you know, if, if, if you're having to choose between these two players and one actually hits the bench, I guess the, the silver lining is that your team's probably pretty strong, right? If if it's week 14 with all the injuries that have occurred at every position, and you're actually going to have to sit one of these guys, you've got a strong team. Now on paper, Dylan's got a tougher matchup. Um, You know, the, 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 the bears have been stingier to opposing backs, even though opposing teams, you know, have typically had favorable game scripts against them. You see a lot of carries for the opposing um bell back not a lot of efficiency on yards per carry perspective um they've still been able to get there from a ppr uh scoring uh perspective because the receptions are putting up and then you know, just have one rogue game in the last five from elijah mitchell where you know he went um berserk on him for 137 rushing yards so the fact that we've got dylan and and aaron jones uh you know maybe fighting over the ball there a little bit and the fact that um chicago's been stingy it's just enough to tilt the arrow towards CEH for me. Um, the the carve-out, the caveat that I would share is that Green Bay is heavily favored, heavily favored in this game. And we can see a lot of second-half carries for Dylan once the team's in control. And how many times does the defense want to continue to have to tackle the 240-pound bruiser? I mean, it's the Derrick Henry effect. And so, you know, I reserve the right to say I at least saw this coming, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Um, but, but I, but I think, I just think that chiefs Raiders game has the potential to be exciting and to have some offensive explosion. Um, and, and I think there's multiple ways that C E H could get there in a game like that. Whereas I, I think that the, the Packers bears game has to go exactly the way Vegas calls it in order for Dylan to smash. So I'm going C E H. where are you going, Dave?
1: Yeah, I'd be going to the same spot. I think, and it kind of speaks to what you said, if I step back and I'm thinking, about what their distribution would like in the GLSP, and then when I build in the factors that I know, feels like there's a higher probability that we see Edwards Alaire scoring above that average point expectation, and then then um then Dylan based upon all of those things that you brought up. So if I was in this situation, good situation to be in, uh, I could see this in like a Yahoo League maybe where you have like one flex, two running backs. Um, you know, maybe a really good team. That's why, that's why this person's dealing with it. In that case, I would roll ahead with uh the Chiefs back. So we have another fun one here, Curtis. This is uh Russell Gage versus Brandon Ayuk. Now, when with wide receivers, one thing that I do like to do, um, and one of the first places I go is to the GPS matchup raider to see how uh each receiver where they do most of their work on the field and where they excel, how that matches up with the defense that they're, that they're facing. Mike beers, put it together. It does some really cool math spits out a percentage, uh, with zero being like an average matchup. As you start getting above zero, it's a matchup that's favorable. Ayuk has a 20, uh, this week gauge just has a one. If you look in the weekly GLSP tool, They're both projected right around 13 uh, PPR points and their distributions are pretty similar, giving gauge just a little bit more upside. Now, one thing, though, is that Debo Samuel's role um, is in a lot of those games with Ayuk. So if you think that he sees a little bit of an uptick, maybe in some of maybe expected points and targets, uh, it might be selling him a little bit short, but so this is a really tight matchup, Curtis, um, in some regards, you know, you could break the tie due to what the GPS matchup reader says, but I know, you, you know, you're probably looking at that matchup analysis tab. So why don't you, uh, you know, break down a little bit of what you're seeing.
3: Well, I think it comes down to whether Debo plays, right. Yep. Um, you know, he's DNP throughout the week. Uh, I think the update that I saw today was he did some quote unquote light work on the sideline. Um, it's, you know, it's tough. Uh, the 49ers are, are playing, um, they're, they're playing for keeps, you know, they're, they're trying to make a move here in the NFC and I could see Debo trying to force it. Um, but if he's out, I think I clearly go to Ayuk. Um, I just clearly go to Iuke here. I think again, it's thinking about thinking about this game, the 49ers at Cincinnati. I think it could low key be, a big time game for offense. Um, you know, we've seen the players who should score well against the Bengals uh, over the past two weeks do very well. Deontay Johnson posting 18 and PPR, Keenan Allen posting 22.4 PPR uh, the Bengals bottom, a bottom 12 defense against the wide receiver position in terms of fantasy points allowed over the last five weeks and fifth, fifth worst, or I guess fifth most attractive defense from a fantasy points over expectation perspective to opposing wide receivers. And if Debo is out, then Ayuk really is that wide receiver you would expect to get this work. Now Kittle complicates things. We talked about Georgie earlier this week. He was our player of the week on Monday and uh, you know, that, that, that could uh, potentially complicate things, but Elijah Mitchell's banged up. He's, he's fighting, he's fighting some joint uh, injuries in addition to a mild concussion. Yep. There's a lot going on in the 49ers offense right now. And, and I think, um, there's there's a spot where IU could really do well now. If you want to if you want to wait and pivot based off the information on Debo and Elijah, like let's say the 49ers decide everyone's going out there and playing, okay, then you said IU can you go with Gage? You know he's pro- he's probably got a higher floor in that situation. I think I think IU probably still has a higher ceiling either way. Um, but you know we have the benefit of time. We've got two more days to get some information, and that's probably how I'm going to play this one.
1: Okay. Um, I think one of the things I would consider here, too, is what we talked about earlier. I believe it was this week with Atlanta, how there's been the lack of touchdowns. It's an offense that Mm -hmm. hasn't been functioning very well. That's one of those things, too, that I think could break the tie as you start to look up at at a matchup like this, right?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
3: You know, the the matchup analysis tab, when you look at the Panthers defense, is confounding (laughs) Uh, because the Panthers, one of the stingiest defenses to opposing wide receivers until the last two weeks, they, I mean, they just got torched by Terry McLaurin and Jalen Waddell. Um, They've allowed over 169 yards to the position over the last two weeks after holding the position to 81 or under in the previous three um, now they did play Atlanta during that stretch, and Tajay Sharp <laughs> led the Falcons at the position with a five, just an absolutely burner five fifty eight zero line there, Dave. <laughs> so, um, you know this game's outside at Carolina, not in the dome. I, I don't know. To to me, Gage is like he's the safety valve, and if if I if you really have this if you have this conundrum on your roster, you're basically hoping that the 49ers, other stars don't play. So you can have the easy IU decision.
1: Yeah. I think that that's a perfect. It is a battle between uh, two players, probably hopeful waiver wire ads here, Curtis Rashad petty and Danta Foreman. Um, I guess before I start spitting off numbers here, Do you have any particular process for players that have had limited roles and then kind of get like, you know, thrust into that, uh, like for lack of a better term, you know, like work, uh, like workhorse running back type of role.
3: No, Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I wish I had some like super smart, well thought answer there. I, I just don't, I don't have any more of a process than NFL teams do, which is next man up. You know, and I think with, with running backs, you got to take it week by week. You look at the matchup, you look at the other guys who could potentially be battling for touches and you make the best educated decision that you can. Um, and, and this is one where when you're looking at small sample sizes, you could maybe lean a little bit more heavy on a tool like the GPS matchup Raider, which is going to look at those holes in the opposing defense rather than focus on the player uh, in question. Yep. Um, and and i think the glsp becomes a little bit useless yep um or or or, or not, useless is strong but it, unless the player's got a really uh long you know track record maybe yeah um I, I just don't think it's fair to compare them to the historical sample um that is generated by that tool yep. so i'm going to lean more heavily on the gps match operator and then the matchup analysis tab um just to see what a, you know opposing backfields have been been doing to these teams yep um yeah. Yeah. What about you? I, I
1: was going to say one thing, too, that uh, actually is useful is to pop into the Strength of Schedule streaming app, go to running back, obviously, and then take a look if it's seeing if there's a big disparity between the defenses being faced. Um, and that's kind of given you the same analysis that you're going to get from the matchup section of the NFL player stat explorer. Um, but, you know, that it's another... Useful way if you want to see how much of a difference there is like in the gradation between the two teams, see them in one spot. Uh, I will say that uh, you have, for Penny, a matchup against Houston that um, is just slightly unfavorable. And then on Foreman's side, Tennessee this week is playing excuse me, playing Jacksonville. Also just a slightly unfavorable matchup. Um, <laughs> so we've seen Foreman um, have that game against New England where you put up 109 yards rushing on 19 attempts. Um, Penny in recent games has had, uh, hold on, let me just make sure I have the right numbers for everybody here. He had 10 rushing attempts against San Francisco in week 13 for just 35 rushing yards, just one target, hasn't really done too much more in the other games. I think I'm personally going Foreman in this matchup. But I know you love Rashad Penny. Can you make a can you make a case for them for the man?
3: It, well well, it, it's it's tough, it's tough. It's a little bit tough. Um, so Foreman had, you know, he had a nice game. Um had a nice game against New England. Obviously, you, you saw you saw a lot of them too. Yep. I'm sure you watched every snap of that game. Yep. Um Dontrell Hilliard actually outrushed uh Foreman in that game, uh higher efficiency. Foreman had more carries. Um, but it, it was a game where Tennessee really just got that rush game going mm-hmm. against the Patriots. And and Bill seemed fine, like letting it happen. Um, so I'm not sure how much you know, how much we can really put on that performance and the fact that there's, you know, maybe stronger competition there for the rest of those touches. Um, based on the very small sample we have of both of those players in Tennessee offense. Um, it complicates things. And then um, you know, Penny, yeah, you are so very accurate. I mean, he hasn't shown us anything this year. He's been a total zero. It's been super frustrating. Um, I'm still clinging to hope that he'll provide some value <laughs> with my. 50% exposure oh in, in the underdog Best Ball Mania oh 2 with all these teams that I'm getting through. Could he come through in the, in the final week before the qualifiers? That's what I would love to see. You know what the matchup analysis tab tells us is something a little bit different than the Strength of Schedule app. Yeah. So the, the Strength of Schedule streaming app, um, it provides us information based off of um, a year-to-date sample. Um, and so, you know, it's it's a bigger sample. Um, so you could argue that it would be more accurate, but it's not going to solve for injuries or, you know, micro trends that occur within the season. And the micro trend for Houston is that they freaking stink <laughs> against running backs over the last five weeks. Um, now, mostly that's because of, of rushing touchdowns allowed. They have allowed six rushing touchdowns to the position over the past five weeks, including three to jonathan taylor and the colts uh in week 13 um, but even outside of that they allowed 147 yards and a touchdown on the ground to the jets they allowed 100 yards on the ground to the titans to go with 11 receptions and 66 receiving yards uh they uh they they stymied uh the dolphins back in week nine uh but daryl henderson and the rams um, got off for 143 and a touchdown on the ground back in week eight so they've been susceptible um, really, only one, uh, let's see, two pl- 20 PPR plus performances. And then Hilliard and Gaskin both getting 16, 17 PPR. Um, you know, everyone's kind of been getting there against this defense, whoever the bell cow has proven to be. The question is going to be will that be Penny? You can't really trust Sneaky Pete. He's saying that this is Rashad Penny's week, he's saying that Rashad Penny's season is starting. Um, this week <laughs> so it's just i just hate it man i just i i cannot wait for Pete carroll to retire we've we've railed on the seahawks all season and i it, i'm just my feelings are getting even stronger now looking at the jaguars and the situation with foreman in the same tool um very similar story actually yep. jacksonville just um you know a year to date a slightly negative you know basically middling matchup for opposing running backs but the trend over the last, um, handful of weeks has been very favorable. Um, Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, you almost can't use him in a sample, um, because he's, he's getting there against everybody, but 24.6 back in, uh, week 10. But Cordero Patterson, um, totally, you know, just skyrockets to the moon with 27.5 PPR two weeks ago. Sony Michelle and his first big action of the year as a bell cow 24, 121, 1. Uh, for almost 22 PPR last week. So, you know, I think it just comes down to, do you think the Titans are going to dominate this game? If you think the Titans are going to dominate the game, then I think it's, you know, Foreman's the safer play uh, because both of these matchups look favorable for these guys. But if you're thinking, all right, look, still really no receivers for the Titans. um, And, you know, uh, you just don't have a comfort level that they're going to dominate um, from beginning to end. And that they're gonna, um, you know, just not not really be able to do it from an efficiency standpoint. Like maybe Buffalo wasn't un- unable to do back in Week Nine. Then I think you can lean to Penny because we've seen those blow up games, even when he just gets like ten touches. Uh, it's been a while since I've done the game splits up exercise with Penny, but he only really needs a handful of touches to just go off. That's been the case for his whole career. Um, last week was probably his worst ten touch game in his career. Um, so. You know, Houston, the softer defense against opposing running backs comes down to it for me. I'm going to stick with my boy. I'm going to start Penny over Foreman in this situation. Um, But I don't I don't fault anyone. I think it really is a coin toss. I think both were great uses of fab uh, in your redraft leagues this week.
1: Yeah, perfectly fair. Um, You know. Made some compelling cases there. I would stick with Foreman. For me, it really just comes down to I think that Tennessee is a better running team, probably the better team overall. Playing a divisional foe, true. Uh, but um, you know, I, I expect them, even without the wide receivers, to still be in control of this game, be able to use uh their running backs as a result. I will stick with Foreman. So hopefully people glean some uses of some of the tools here um, you know, some helpful things about how to, how to look at these matchups. And then hopefully the, uh, picks that we made there will pan out. One thing is tr- uh, for sure that last, uh, one, at least half of us will be right. So I will be paying extra special <laughs> attention, uh, this weekend to that, but, uh, that takes us through this week's episodes, uh, Curtis, anything that you want to add here as we close out the week?
3: Yeah, I do. Dang it. I'm going to have, let let me, uh, let me scroll through, actually save a thought. Yep. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. Um, I, you know, as we talked about last week, uh, I've been, I've been reading the, uh, the, the fathers of stoicism lately and, uh, Seneca, um, Seneca just, I mean, there's so much gold there, um, from this guy, you know, Such an influential uh, philosopher. Um, I really love this quote, and I think you can apply it really to anything in life. You know, if you're feeling stuck um, with your family or relationship or in your professional career or in your side hustle hustle aspiration, whatever it is, man, um, this is this is really profound. I do not know whether I shall make progress, but I should prefer to lack success rather than to lack faith. I mean, you got to believe in yourself. Um, you know, it, believe in yourself and fail, believe in yourself and fail, you'll eventually get through. but to be pessimistic about what you're aspiring to, I mean, what's the point? Just pick something different. Um, life's too short, man, make the most of it, and that includes the time you spend thinking about what you're gonna do, the time you think about you know envisioning yourself in a different place mentally, from a health perspective, from from a wealth perspective, from a happiness perspective. Um, you got, you've got to have faith that you're going to get there. Um, so, you know, I, I really appreciate those words from Seneca. That's what I've been looking at all day today, Dave.
1: Great way to head into the weekend. Thank you for listening to the roto Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at FF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.